to worship. As Anne was already mentioned, we get to walk with. We get to interact with every moment of our day. The Bible tells us straight up that He loved us first. We love Him because He first loved us. He's the one that's initiated connection with you. You might have received Jesus on an altar call where you made a decision to give your life to Him. That's a really smart thing to do. But never mistake that choice for the reality that He's actually extended a revelation of Himself into every heart that says yes. Something that He's done, a little tentacle of truth, a little snippet of heaven's touched a person who doesn't know Him and they go, what was that? And so we preach the Gospel, we have church services, we have moments where we present more of the truth about the goodness and love of God. So that a heart that's just experienced a little bit of a snippet can go, hang on, maybe there's more to this. And so a person begins a journey of discovery. I want to say it again, the God who first loved you caused you to embrace Him. So as we preach this morning, and we're going to get to our first fruits offering and our anointings of dreams at the end of the service, the kids are coming back as Amber explained. You might find yourself, if you're not connected to God personally, if you're in the meeting here, if you're watching online, I want to encourage you to just think about that little spark from heaven that might have touched your life already. But you've done nothing about it. I'm going to believe today through the next 30 minutes or so that God's going to keep just softening your heart to go, I actually need more of that. I want more of that. And you can give your life to Jesus. So we'll just make sure that we cover those bases before we close. Let me pray, then you can have a seat. Heavenly Father, this is without doubt my favourite Sunday in the year. I love seeing families coming with their dreams. Dreams that you've placed in their hearts. Dreams that they've come up with by themselves because of the way you've wired them. Both types of dreams are precious to you and to us. And Lord, I just pray that you'd fall mightily on Julie and myself and Emma and John as we anoint people's dreams this morning. The, the oil we use represents the true oil of heaven. And it would get on every heart. It would get on every aspiration. Lord, it would get into the fabric of our lives. And Lord, as we bring our first fruits, acknowledging the gratitude we have, Lord, for the year that's been, the things that you've brought as provision into our lives. It's a thanksgiving offering on the one hand, on the other hand, it's an offering that's saying, I trust God for the future. My dreams, our journey, our journey with God is tied up in His character, His goodness, and His faithfulness. And so we bring a first for His offering that's looking both backwards and forwards. 
And so, Lord, we just pray this would be another treasured, special, sacred day in the life of our church, in the life of every family, in the life of every business and business person. Lord, we pray for your goodness to touch us afresh in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church. You may be seated. Thanks, team. You're going to go and park yourselves for a little while until you'll come back. Well, I love preaching this time of the year around vision, around all sorts of things to do with how awesome God is. Let me just get rid of the keyboards. I don't need that. And I'm really finding God's helping me to unpack a little clearly about dreams and visions and what what they actually mean and how they can be very, very different. And the Bible actually presents dreams um, very, very differently. And I'm just going to work through a few examples this morning um, from the book of Genesis, which um, illustrate that God hasn't just got one template. So if you've had a dream and you felt like God spoke to you, don't get into a place of feeling comfortable that that's the way it always is. Because God is a God of variety. You notice that? There's plenty of colour in this building this morning. God could have made us monochrome, black and white, but he chose to make us live in a world that's filled with colour. It's because God's not boring. And so as much as there's a spectrum of colours to be uh, admired and wondered and uh, just be awestruck with, I want to say to you that our engagement with dreams can have as much variety as the colour spectrum. I don't know about you, but I've had some pretty weird dreams over the course of my life, and some of them just need to go to the keeper. Um, They're not from God. Um, They're just part of my brain chemistry processing life. That's on the one hand. But on the other hand, God's got the ability and the, the desire to speak into our very quiet spaces, And one of our quietest spaces is when we're asleep, hopefully. One of the most restorative parts of our day is when we're actually sleeping and our mind's not actively, consciously pursuing this, that or the other. And so part of the mechanism of sleep involves um, dreaming. And uh, that's all part of a way we actually stay healthy. So it's interesting that God uses a thing that's a mechanism for health to actually speak into our lives about the future that we could be heading into. And so God is really, really cool. But I want to say there's dreams and visions in the Bible either straight out state or imply an encounter with God. They're never just one of those random, you know, one of those dreams when you can fly and um, when you become Superman. And I remember at primary school dreaming about um, ascending above all the bullies. I just didn't just have this drifting up into the sky and next thing I know I was flying around and it was like wonderful but it was just complete fantasy I don't think it was God showing me that I'm going to fly one day uh, without getting in a plane anyway anyway I digress so let's start off we're back in the book of Genesis chapter 15 could have started a little bit further back than that because dreams had occurred with other people prior to this but the story of Abram's where the story of a nation being born uh, sort of gets established and God's promises uh, to Abram and we pick up the story in chapter 15 where he's already had some encounters with God and he's uprooted his family and moved to another place where God said just just head there and we'll talk some more when you get towards it but he says after this the word of the Lord came to Abraham or Abram in a vision 
So dreams and visions are a little bit different. Um, a vision can occur when you're not asleep, whereas a dream, generally speaking, needs you be asleep. So a vision is something that's um, not dependent on whether you're conscious or unconscious uh, in the sense of sleeping. Um, it says, and God spoke to him, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. I love that verse. I read it somewhere and it helped me so much quite a few years ago to dwell on the fact that God's saying he is the reward, not what he can do for you. So even with our dreams and our visions, the dreams are an outworking of the fact that he, God, is the reward. The dream will become life-giving, not because of an outcome that you walk into, but because of the journey toward it with him. By faith, we walk with God. He's more interested in you walking with him into your dream than going, give me a dream, God, see you later. And I'm off to, to the big adventure into my dream. He wants us to say, God, give me a dream and then walk me to it. Walk with me, guide me, direct me. And so he's just stating straight up to Abram, he's the reward. So as we come to our anointing of dreams, I want to encourage you to engage with the dreams that you've had that have the stamp of an encounter on them. So I want, I want you to even think, if you've written some things down on your dream cards today, and if you're visiting this morning and haven't participated in this, off, this offering and time, what we do at the end of the service is, and if you're visiting this morning, I know it could be a little bit weird because um, we get out of our seats and you might feel like, oh, I don't want to participate in that. And there is no way you feel compelled. Um, just remain in your seat. If that's a little bit too uh, in your face, then feel free to slip out to the foyer and just make yourself at home. We'll be about 15 minutes at the end of the service praying with people. But I would love you to participate. And so we come out, stand in the, we just line up in the front row, sorry, down the centre here, and there's four of us that'll pray at the front. We bring our first fruits offering and drop that in the basket down the front, and you hang on to your dream card because we don't want to see your dreams. We want it to be completely just you and God, but we do want to pray for them. And so we, we actually pray, we get some messy oil on our hands and we put oil and stain the piece of paper. I've got all of my dream cards up on my desk in my office upstairs for about the last five years. They're still stained and I still pull them out of hand and just go, yep, 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 uh, not yet, no. And maybe no is not no, never, it's just no, not yet. But, I, I, but I'm not being prevented because of the no's up there from writing out, this is mine today, it's got some writing on it, it's there, it's going to get anointed at the end, it's going to have oil put on it and I'm going to set it upstairs with the rest of them and I'm going to walk with God towards that. Alrighty, so first one we've got there is an example of a vision where God speaks. Moving on down to Genesis 28 verses 10 to 19, um, Jacob has a dream. So he's a couple of generations later. So it's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. So grandson of the guy we just read about. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. He'd been sent off to find a wife. Um, and so he's heading up to some relatives in another part of the world. And when he reached a certain place, see, it's just a random comment in the Bible. When he reached a certain place, you might have today reached a certain place. 
Maybe coming to church this morning is just another part of your week. If you're committed to being at church on weekly and this is your home church, it's like this in your timeline is just another Sunday. But what if it's that certain place? What if today's walking with God takes you to a certain place? And so Jacob's in this certain place and he stopped for the night because the sun had set, taking one of the stones there. He put it under his head and lay down to sleep. Have you ever tried to sleep on a stone? I've been camping and I hate camping at the best of times on the ground, but I have never put a rock under my head to sleep on. Very weird anyway. It's, um, some theologians would like to tell you that the stone was symbolic about God and about Jesus being the cornerstone that was rejected and there's all sorts of semantics you can do with that and I'm not going to go into whether that's wrong, right or anything else but verse 12, he had a dream say dream. dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven there above it, I'll miss a little bit out uh, stood the Lord and he said so Jacob is now in a dream and God is speaking to him and God's just reiterating what he promised to his father Abraham sorry, grandfather and his dad, Isaac, I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east, the north and to the south. All people on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you whenever you go, wherever you go. And I'll bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob woke up or awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't aware of it. So he's in a certain place, doing something completely normal, putting his head down for him on a stone to sleep because he's on a journey. He didn't pull into the Best Western Motel on the way and uh, get a comfortable bed. He's sleeping on the ground. But he hears from God, and then he actually, as in dreamt about it, but then he woke up, and he realized that God had spoken to him. I could probably count on, my, on one hand, and it would only be half of one hand, the number of times I think I've had a dream like that in my life where I've woken up and I go, I think God just spoke to me. The most recent one is the one that caused me to do the most stupid thing I've ever done in my life, and that was to go back to university <laughs> to, to do a graduate certificate in public policy, of all things. Political science degree it's like whatever but the only reason I did it is I woke up from a dream in March 2022 and I felt like as I was coming out of that kind of twilight zone of being awake and asleep or sleep then half awake I felt like I heard God say to me you need to investigate public policy and enroll in a course and that's all I got so I just did it now, where that's landed me is I've got a piece of paper that says I finished it and it's like whoopee-doo. Now I've got to do is get the next chapter of his story. So on my dream card, one side of it, only God can do it, I'm trying to work out well, what's that going to look like for me next? And it's like I can see this. I've got some things I think I can do with that and what that might look like and it's going to be in the, the governance space of not-for-profits, including churches, but... My point in saying that to you is, that's a dream that I know God spoke to me in. On the other side of my sheet, I've got a whole bunch of things that are me-focused, of things I'd like to do. And one of them is to actually go back to where my forebears on my mum's side came from, 
to the Shetland Islands, which are north of Scotland. And uh, we were supposed to go there in 2020, but COVID killed that. And uh, so that's kind of not on the radar. I don't know how we could even afford to go there now. It's just, it's gone. That's that provision, that setting aside time, whatever. But on my sheet, I've written down, I want to go to Shetland and Norway uh, in 25 or 26. Uh, that's going to take a miracle as well. But I don't feel like God said, Bruce, you need to plan to go there. It's like Bruce, Bruce has decided, God, I'd like to go there. Can we make it work? I don't think there's anything wrong with having two types of conversations with God. If my pipe dream is a big no-no from God, guess what? I ain't going to Shetland. But if God's goodness gets onto my faith, trusting him, walking with him, he might just one day say, hey, today's the day we take a detour off of plan A. We're going to get back to it. But we're stepping over here because we're going to Shetland for a few weeks. It's like, ooh, that's exciting. We get over there, we do Shetland, and we're back on track. And we're... God's got plenty of scope to take you, your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations, and lead you into his purpose. The most important thing for me is to make sure that I've got a balanced scorecard here. I want to make sure I've got something that God's spoken to me about. That at the end of the day is on the verge of impossible for me to do without him coming through. What might that be for you? And so Jacob has this incredible dream. He talks about it being none other than the gate of heaven. And uh, that's the end of that story for him at that point in time. But this dream is also presented as conversational. So God's speaking. Um, as I said, those moments in my life are very rare. But as a contrast to that, we go to the next generation, to Joseph, his, one of his sons, second, second to youngest son. Joseph, you will have heard the story if you've been around traps for a while, if you read the Bible, um, he had a multiple coloured coat that his dad gave him because his dad, Jacob, was also a bit foolish. Just because you hear from God doesn't mean you're smart. Just saying. Okay, just means you're blessed. And being blessed and being smart aren't the same thing. Anyway, just, I digress again. Jacob favoured one of his 12, at this point in time, only 11 I think, but his 12 sons. He had a favourite. And in fact, it starts off, not only was he a favourite, but he, Jacob, I mean, not he, Joseph, in verse 2, Joseph was a young man of 17, was tending the flocks of his, with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the son of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their father, I had never really taken much notice of this before, he brought their father a bad report about them. It's like, I began to think, you might have a little bitter and twisted dimension to your personality where you like to stick the boots into some people. And you kind of go, Jesus, I wish I wouldn't do that. I wish I would just stop thinking that or saying that or thinking that. Now, I'm not going to give you a get-out-of-jail-free card with this statement, but this guy's propensity to come back and blab bad things about his brothers set him up for a complete disaster 
with regards to his personal circumstance, but it was God's plan. So God's plan for your life is not walking through the tulips, everything's good, got everything I need, I'm blessed, I'm favoured of God, no problems, nothing's going to happen that's going to hurt me, nothing's going to happen that's going to give me. Joseph's story says God's plan sometimes has got a lot of pain and suffering in it. A lot of difficulties, a lot of challenges. And the only way that Joseph's going to get from this blabbing on his brothers to the end of the story where he's the second in charge in the country called Egypt. Heaps of chapters of the Bible to read to get from 36 to 50, but that's what it is. It's a large slab of the Bible dedicated to this story and it's about dreams. About dreaming. And so he goes on to tell us that Israel, Jacob, loved Joseph more than him as his brothers because he'd been born to him in his old age and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him. If you've experienced hatred from somebody, I've got good news for you. God is with you. God can help you step through, around, over, under, just get on with his purpose. No obstacle. Is meant to get in the way. Then verse 5. <clears throat> Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. It's like, okay. And then a few verses down, he has another dream. And he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. This time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you have had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the, on the ground to you, before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. So we've moved through from the story of Abram, got to Jacob, missed out Isaac, but we could have included him. Now we've come to Joseph. And we've progressed from God appearing in a vision to God appearing in a dream to God not appearing at all. The weird thing in this story is Joseph's dreams are interpreted immediately by his brothers. Can you imagine, when I try to put myself in there, someone comes to my, knocks on my door, says, hey, Pastor Bruce, I had a dream and the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bound down to me. I'd go, you need to book in to see a psychiatrist. <laughs> like I have got no idea what that means. But it struck me that here we've progressed, and this is to help you understand you could be experiencing some very different ways that dreams will speak into your heart. Joseph had no idea that what he was up to was actually declaring where he was going to go. He had no clue. And he had no clue that the way he was going to get there was for his brothers to, A, conspire to murder him, but then they changed their mind and thought, we'll just sell him as a slave, get some money, We'll calm dad, he'll think he's dead, um, and everything will be sweet. We just get rid of this problem. You might be at a, at a dead end in your life this morning. In some arena of your life, you think, I don't know how this can possibly work out. Just take another step. If the door's shut in front of you and it won't open, is there a hallway that way? No. Is there a hallway that way? No. Can you go back the way you came? Oh, Maybe. Well, just take a step of faith. But make sure you don't just step out and go, oh, step of faith. It's like, okay, God, you're not opening this door. 
can't see light of day in that direction. Turn around, I'm going to grab your hand. Can we walk? Take the step of faith. Sometimes backing up is not the worst thing in the world to do. Joseph didn't back up. <laughs> he, just, he just had some challenges. So he ends up getting sold as a slave. I wrote down three points you might want to just... There are many layers and subplots in this narrative. Even with Joseph's arrogant, bad-mouthing his brothers, God had a plan. If you've been on the receiving end of gossip, been on the receiving end of being rejected, been on the receiving end of being hated... Don't let anything rob you of the possibility God, if he's with you, he's with you. And that stuff is going to play into his hands and his plans for you to overcome, somehow or other. You might not see it at the time. So the mechanism of jealousy and hatred that he was part of actually propelled him into God's incredible plan for him and his family. So don't despair if things are tough. I'm not saying you just go, oh, bring it on, buddy, I'm tough. No, no, it's like the response to a tough season is hang on to God. Hold his hand tight. Say, Lord, I got no idea what's going on here. I can't see anything good coming out of this. Well, guess what? Our God would never say, or nor do I. He'd never say that. Because he's always got something that's the next step into his purpose for your life. So the story goes on to outline Joseph having an ongoing complex encounter with people that are obstacles to his destiny. He gets accused of sexually assaulting his boss's wife, which was a lie, got thrown in jail. He ends up in jail with a candlestick maker and a no, cupbearer and a baker to the king who got thrown in there for being uh, just got on the pharaoh's nerves one day. Imagine having a boss like that. Just throws you in jail because you weren't happy with your performance. <laughs> Off to jail with you. Anyway, they end up in jail with Joseph. Joseph ends up, it says many times, the, the blessing of the Lord was on everything that Potiphar had in this house because Joseph was in the house. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favour in his eyes. The Lord was with him. Where's that little graphic? By faith. Even though he was in a complicated season of life, the Bible is very clear. He was walking with God. We were sort of when I've read that in the past, I'm thinking the Lord was with him. It's like this fuzzy anointing thing that kind of just hangs around it's like it just it was just God with him no 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 Bruce get with the prayer we're talking about a God who's near who's like a brother like a sister like like the best friend Joseph was not alone he had God with him you're not alone if you're feeling lonely this morning just like literally extend your hand out and grab his or just put your hands up and receive him. He promises to never leave us nor forsake us. In some respects, I could say to be, take my pastor's cap off and say, just toughen up and accept the fact God's with you. Get over yourself. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Like, oh, that's not pretty nice. You know how hard it is. I, no, I may not know how hard it is, but I know this. God loves you. I know God's with you. 
Oh, but I don't feel him. That doesn't mean he's not there. Just means your pain's pretty severe. If your pain's that bad, got good news. God's bigger. And so the Lord was with him. I love that. So the dream narrative continues to be woven through these scriptures. So we've gone from Abram, Jacob, Joseph having dreams, brothers and father interpreting dreams, to him being in prison now with two dudes and they have dreams. And we've moved on from everything we just said to now Joseph is interpreting dreams. He understands as soon as the guys tell him what their dreams were, what they mean. And one, one guy loved it and the other guy was not happy because his interpretation, which came second, said, by the end of three days from now, you're going to be dead, mate. It's like, oh, thanks for that little bit of interpretation. And he was. Um, <clears throat> anyway, we won't, we won't make any links about anything there. So all that to say, if you want to understand the dream from God, ask him. You've got a, a dream that you're kind of hanging on to that's not transpired yet. Maybe you've got something real on your sheet this morning. You go, I, I just, that's really almost a pipe dream. I, I don't see how that can happen. That's a good dream to put down because it's going to need a miracle for it to happen. So the link between our anointing of dreams and bringing our first fruits is a by faith matter. It's by faith. So our first fruits is not like this transaction where we just say, thanks, God. It can be that. I'd be sad if it was that. It's kind of like, even now, I'd want you to cast your mind back over the last 12 months since our last first fruits offering in February last year. When were the times I really felt God just walking with me? I didn't have any agenda. I didn't have anything. I wasn't asking for it. Didn't have a list, a shopping list, a heavenly list. I was just getting out of bed in the morning, doing what I do on a normal day, and all of a sudden, I'm aware I've got this presence with me. The Holy Spirit. God. Just, he's just happy hanging out with me. I've found myself... You know what? I'm walking with God. Have you got any moments like that you reflect on from the last 12 months? I'm going to pray in a moment because I'd love you to actually let the Spirit just go, you remember that moment? And you've forgotten all about it. You remember when I was there? You remember when you were, I was there? Those moments are life-giving in here because if you're like me, get a great sense, my God is with me. He actually, he actually likes me. No, that's not true. He loves me. So the theme for the year, by faith, as I unpacked and began to unpack last week, is able to be substituted as a little phrase, by faith X, Y, and Z happens. When he's near is what by faith is. We've got faith 
so that we can actually know him. It's by faith that we have a righteousness, the Bible explains in other places. That, that is the right standing with God. It's by faith. It's like, well, what's that mean? It means just start looking for the evidence of, which is the way Hebrews 11 verse 1 talks about evidence. Look for evidence of him walking with you. So we can get the kids back in and we're going to get into our first fruits offering and anointing of dreams segment of our meeting. Um, I just want to pray for a few minutes which will have some silence in it. And I want you, if you've drawn a blank on your sheet of paper, hopefully you've got a little dreams card that was either on your seat or nearby. If you haven't got one, we can get one to you. Just give us a little wave. John will come and give you one if you want one. And if you beg, borrow, buy, or steal a pen from somebody, uh, that's allowed. Just let me pray as we're just preparing ourselves to come to the Lord this morning. Because this is what we're doing. We're bringing this stuff to Jesus, right? So, Father, we are um, excited about what's in front of us as C3 Church Adelaide Hills here in Handorf. Lord, next week we are spending the same time with our Parkside crew at Parkside location. Lord, I pray and gather in the people that are watching online this morning. If you're watching online this morning, I'd love you to do something to connect with this sacred time. Write out some dreams on a piece of paper. Go to the cupboard and get some oil, some cooking oil, I don't know what it is, baby oil, whatever. Put it on your palm of your hand and put that palm on that piece of paper in a moment. I want you to anoint those dreams. And then we'd love you to email us and say, just want to let you know, I listed some dreams and put oil on them at home. And we're going to agree here right now in Jesus' name that his, his presence and his anointing is going to get on your dreams even though you're not present here in this meeting today. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to participate in the First Fruits offering, exactly the same thing you can give online, but please make sure you just shoot us a little email saying, I did participate in that. I'm so excited. So Heavenly Father, we stand in your presence right now. And we are going to stand in a moment. Lord, the kids are coming back in to join us and their families so that we can come and spend this time of dreaming and stepping into the future together, confident that what we're doing is inviting you to walk with us. So Lord, I pray you would walk with every family this year like never before. Every family would have moments where even the kids might pipe up and say, wow, that, something feels different at the meal table today. What happened at breakfast time this morning? The place was just, there was a vibe like just God, surprise us in our homes this year. And Lord, surprise us in our meetings here in Jesus' wonderful name. We thank you and we praise you. Thank you, Lord. So 